Welcome to the Blue Jeans Christian Weekly Podcast, where we will take your faith and the powerful Word of God and make them as practical and relevant to your job, home, and hobbies as your favorite pair of blue jeans are on a Saturday. I'm Kevin Brownlee, and thank you for listening. I've been getting some good positive feedback, and I sure appreciate that, even some words of encouragement. So thank you for listening. This time I'm going to talk about one thing that I did that made the most positive impact on my career. So I'll get into that here in a minute, because I'm still in Moab, and I had a wonderful time preaching at Community Church here in Moab this past Sunday. What a wonderful group of people there, and I sure thank Pastor Keith for letting me do that. And it's always fun after a sermon to just talk to the people and ask them what they thought. And of course, a lot of them come right up and say thank you and that they learned a lot. So that's always enjoyable. In fact, when my wife and I left there, we went over to Wendy's here in Moab and and had lunch. And there was a group of guys there that I saw at the church and they were visiting you know, I haven't been there long enough to know who's the regulars and who's new, but I could certainly tell that it was their first time. I did shake a few of their hands, and it was nice to exchange pleasantries during that meet-and-greet time at church, which on one hand is really cool to do, but on the other hand, it's kind of a little too quick. I mean, it ends up being superficial, doesn't it? Hi, how you doing? Hi, how you doing? I mean, when I ask somebody, hi, how you doing, I expect an answer. And it had better not be fine, because no one is fine. <laughs> they, they may be okay, but everybody has an issue that they're dealing with, I'm sure. And it would be really nice to say, hi, how you doing? And expect an answer that may take quite a while. That's what I like to do. When we say, hi, how you doing? That shouldn't be sort of a, hey, let's do lunch, and then not really mean it. It should be, hi, how you doing? And expect to hear, because we're supposed to share one another's burdens and maybe help each other. And a three-minute, hi, how you doing at church just doesn't give enough time to do that. I know that we don't want to get rid of that time at church because it is kind of cool. But if you do meet somebody and you say, hi, how you're doing, be genuine enough about it to expect an answer. And maybe you have to prod them a little bit. You know, see something like, no, really? How are you doing? What's God doing in your life? Is there something I can pray about for you? Those are questions that lead to a nice discussion, and hopefully it's something that will bring glory to God. Anyway, back to Wendy's. So one of the guys there came up to us, my wife and I, introduced himself as Gary Ball and said he was the executive director of Life Changers Outreach says he's in Gallup, New Mexico. And he handed me a little little flyer kind of a thing, which is really neat that you have that. I would suggest if you're a pastor, you have a, a card. And, and if you're involved in a ministry, have a little thing that you can hand out. I thought that was really cool. And he handed me this little thing. It says, Life Changers Outreach is a community center, and it's a 12-month faith-based residential facility for men and women 18 and over to help them overcome any kind of life-controlling issue, such as addiction, alcohol, depression, anger, maybe suicide. 
It says, Our program teaches morals and values from the Word of God to help them overcome their old behavior lifestyles, along with providing an environment in which the Holy Spirit moves and empowers them to live a new and free life. That's really cool. I hope to contact Gary and maybe do some things together here in the near future. You can look him up at www.lifechangersoutreach.com. So there's a little plug for Gary and his organization, which at least at this point sure sounds wonderful. So praise God for Gary and the thing he's doing with some of these men and women there who really need Jesus. And the Word of God speaks to their lives and speaks to having a wonderful life, especially when it's tied to Jesus, who said in John 10.10, I have come that people will have life and have it more abundantly. A more abundant life is an incredible thing, I can say for sure. And my hat's off and two thumbs up for Gary and what he does by helping people to have an abundant life through a relationship with Jesus Christ our Lord. It's not the only way to do life, but I tell you this, folks, it is by far, hands down, the best way to do life and to have it more abundantly. And then to have the joy and hope of living forever with Jesus in heaven and serving him one day. And we'll talk a little bit more about that here in a little bit. Every worker does two things in the morning. They prepare and ramp up for their day, and they get their work station or work area organized and cleaned up. I know we had to do that when I was working in the steel fab shop. Clean up your area. For some reason, when you clean it up when you left the night before, you come back the next day, why does it seem dirtier than when you left it? Anybody ever notice that? <laughs> anyway, ramp up and clean up to get ready for your day. And the Christian worker certainly does that at their job, too, but also does those two prior to leaving the house. What I mean is, cleaning out the worldly things that clutter and confuse and condemn, and then return to the basics with the things that enlighten, encourage, and energize. Let me say that again, because what you're doing is you're taking out the three C's and putting in the three E's. C's are better than E's. So you want to take out in the morning... The three C's of clutter, confusion, and condemn. And replace those with enlighten, encourage, and energize. And you do that by spending some time in prayer and then reading God's Word. I know. I just saw you roll your eyes and I heard you mumble. Oh, yada, yada. Kevin, you always say this. I always hear that. And I just don't see how it, how it does much good for my job. Well, I'm going to give you some examples personal example and examples from Scripture, that starting your day in prayer and reading God's Word is the most productive and profitable thing you can do in your whole day. See, a few years ago when things were really tough, I decided that prayer and reading God's Word is probably important because I heard so many people talk about it. And when I read something in Ephesians that we are cleansed by the washing, like with water, of the Word of God. And I thought, well, maybe there's something to it. So, I actually set my alarm 45 minutes earlier each day, 
with the idea that I was going to get up and I was going to pray for about half of that time and I was going to read God's Word for the other half of that time. Now, I know 45 minutes is a lot, but it's worth it. Give it a try. Just do it for a week. You know, starting next week, you know what? I'm just going to give this a try. Kevin says to give it a try. And I don't want to disappoint Kevin. (laughs) So, go ahead and do it. Just give it a try. Make it half an hour if you can't do 45 minutes. Or set it for 45 and spend the first few minutes making coffee. I don't care. Get up and give it a try. And go someplace where it's quiet and warm. (laughs) And spend some time in prayer. See, the, the core of any relationship is communication. And I tell you, I need, no, I really need, I really need a relationship with God, the creator and sustainer of everything. And with Jesus, he's God, but he's also going to be on the throne of the whole world one day in the future. He's going to be everyone's big boss. And I want to have a good relationship with him so that when that time comes, I'm on, I'm on good terms with Jesus. Okay. And I want his help now, his guidance now. And I want to do things the way he suggests now so that I can have that abundant life now that he promises to the point that I thought that's vital to my day at work here today. See, being pleasing to Jesus and working on my resume for him became my focus. Because, folks, there's not a whole lot of preaching about this, but when Jesus comes to rule, and he will, he will come and rule from Jerusalem, we're all going to be working. We're all going to be working for him in one way or another. Jesus himself said, if you've been faithful in little things, I'm going to give you bigger things. And I'm pretty sure he was referring to then. So if we're faithful now, to the point where he can look at us and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Why don't you come and do this job? And you'll be like, whoa, that's a great job. Thank you. (laughs) And guess what? You're going to be doing that for a lot of years. (laughs) So I want to work on a good resume that would be presentable to Jesus, and he will say, well done, good and faithful servant. So I start my day communicating with him daily, the only way I know how, which is to talk to him through prayer. And then he talks to me when I read his word, the Bible. See how that works? I talk to him, and then he talks to me. And sometimes I do that at the same time. I just talk to him as I'm reading through some of the passages and relating those passages to him and asking him to help me do that or make an impact on others through what I've been reading at that time. It prepares my heart and mind for the day. It sets my focus on what really matters and who is most powerful, who is my hope, my strong tower, my strength, my guidance, and the source of my courage. Do any of you need that? Power, hope, strength, guidance, courage? If you tell me you don't need any of that, well, I'll probably smack you upside the head and call you a liar. (laughs) Because we all do. Even when we're at the top of our game, we still do. I get that when I read God's word and pray. 
and I hope you do too. In fact, I know you will. Remember, give it a try at least for a week. So what do I pray for when I pray? I mean, 20, 25, 30 minutes of prayer? What do you do? What do you talk about? Well, I confess any sin that I can think of. It's always good to confess any sins, even though Jesus took and paid the penalty for all of our sins, past, present, and future. It's good to tell God we know we messed up and we're sorry about it, and we'll do our best not to repeat it. Confessing our screw-ups and asking for forgiveness from God is sort of like cleaning up the room before we invite him in for a chat. Next, I thank him for as many things that I can think of. And there are some days I have a lot of things to be thankful for. And if you can't find something to be thankful for, there's something wrong with you, man. <laughs> my, my dad used to always say, there is always, always, always something to be thankful for. And I'm sure you can think of some specifics that you can be thankful for, especially if it's something that you prayed about and maybe you saw those things happen. You saw God answer those prayers. Thank him specifically for those. And I'm sure you've heard me say this. Pray specifically and God will answer specifically. So make sure that you pray for things and be right up front with God about these things. Be specific, you know. Then I pray for some of my co-workers and some of my leaders, especially those that I know are struggling with some things. And if I know they're dealing with some issue, maybe I can be helpful to them and that God would give me words to say, or maybe just a smile that day. And if I can point any of them to Jesus, please give me the opportunity to do that and the words to say there too. I pray that I can be the image of Jesus at work all that day, which is really hard because we're not like Jesus. And we have things that come up that we can be real worldly when we respond to them. But you know what? Jesus had all those things too, and yet he never sinned. He always answered things correctly. So Jesus is actually our strength and our hope because he faced those same things. It says so in the Bible. And yet he dealt with them very well each time. And he specifically was compassionate to others. He showed people grace, and he worked hard. He worked hard at what he did. And remember, he was a carpenter for somewhere around 12 or 15 years, so he knows how to work. And I tried to find things to bring him glory. And I think just dealing with things or issues like Jesus would deal with them brings him glory. Another thing I pray for is, is there some way that I can serve him that day? And to make it really known to me so that I don't miss it. <laughs> and I also pray that if there's something I can do better or that I need to change, that God would show me. And I pray that his Holy Spirit teaches me something useful or encouraging to me when I read his word here coming up in a few minutes. <laughs> you know, that... Something that I read would be really impactful for me that would help me throughout that day. And I certainly pray for those loved ones that are close to me, like my wife and my daughter, every single day. And then when I get to reading my Bible, I don't usually read a devotional. I just read from the Bible. I want to hear from God. 
I read passages that pertain to issues in my life, or at work at the time. Here's a good one to suggest. How about Psalm 37? Psalm 37 has 14 things in it that we should be doing. See if you can find 14 things in there that we should be doing. And they apply to our job, they apply to our family, they apply to our life. I like to read the Proverbs. Not a lot of them because they can be overwhelming because they're so super rich. The Proverbs are some sort of a poetry. And so each sentence kind of is like reading a little quick poem, but super rich about how to live and how to, how to gain wisdom. I like the, the last three chapters of Ephesians. Ephesians is wonderful. The first three chapters in Ephesians are the laws that we're supposed to be living, and then the last three chapters are how to actually do those. So it's really good to read the last three chapters in addition to the first three, but how-to. I like how-to things. <laughs> first Peter's really good. I like Peter because he was like one of us. You know, hard worker, somewhat boisterous, foul mouth sometimes. Get up in the morning and get right to work. I mean, that, that's Peter. He also screwed up a lot. I do too. I can relate to Peter. So there are wonderful passages in those books that get my focus right. Sometimes I read through one of the Gospels focusing on Jesus. How did he handle things? How did he deal with people? And that's always good to do that. Mark is a good one to do that with because it's really rapid fire. You can get through Mark pretty quick. Mark is a book that was written by John Mark, who was a teenager at the time Jesus was around, and he was just super enthralled with Jesus. And so he kept notes, and he interviewed other people, and he ended up putting all that into a book. I read until something grabs my attention, and maybe it's just one verse. But one verse, there may be something in there that really grabs my attention, and it's something that I can use that day. And I can just tell the Holy Spirit is illuminating what I'm reading in a way that is going to be very helpful to me. And that is so cool when that happens. We are bombarded daily by the world's system, worldliness, which a good bit of that is not godly. And so it's good to read God's Word to see what really truth is <laughs> and not the world's truth but to get corrected each morning and set straight what reality really is. Some people call that correct doctrine. The truths in the Bible are called doctrine. And doctrine is important because it's the foundation of Christian living. It is the fuel that runs my vehicle at work and at home. William Wilberforce, one of the greatest men who worked hard, and did great things, such as abolish the slave trade in England. He wrote a book in 1797 called A Practical View of the Prevailing Religious System of Professed Christians. Quite a long title. That book wasn't about working hard, or doing good, or how to get things done, or how to win friends and influence people. The book was about biblical doctrine. Correct doctrine was super important to him, and was the foundation of all that he accomplished. 
I mean, it's amazing what William Wilberforce did and all of the boards of directors that he served on and all of the things that he was impactful at. I mean, abolishing the slave trade was just one of the things that he did. He wanted to make sure that he always had the correct foundation or foundational doctrine of which to base his decisions and his advice to the others on. And I want that to be my foundation, too. And I want that for you as well. See, when I pray, I find many of the troubling things that clutter my thoughts or confuse me about what I'm doing or going to do or about the world or things that condemn me like failure or you're not good enough. Those all just go away, partly because some of them I give to God, like 1 Peter 5, 7 says. He says to cast your burdens on me. That term, cast your burdens, is like taking off a backpack, a heavy backpack that's a load, and putting it on a mule, and having someone or something else carry those. That's what that term, cast, means, is putting a load like on a pack horse. And we're told to do that, only to give them to God. Then when I read his word, those things are replaced with encouragement that God is in control and I am enlightened of what what really matters in life and that I am loved by God and that he loves me and wants what's best for me and he will cause all things to work together for good for me and I'm energized to take on the day. There's those three E's. Encouraged enlightened, and energized. One of my favorite businessmen is heavy equipment manufacturer R.G. Letourneau. In fact, I graduated from his college. His life verse, which I have at my desk, along with a picture of Mr. Letourneau, is Matthew 6.33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. This verse says several things. Primarily, it's about priorities. What's your priority for your day? Namely, the priority of your day in life, and this includes work. It says to seek God and enhance His kingdom and be righteous and pursue righteousness. Do the right thing. Seek those things first. The first thing you do in the day is my suggestion. Sounds like prayer and Bible reading to me. Early in this podcast, I mentioned an example of someone in the Bible who prepared and cleaned his life before each day, and that's, that's Ezra. So we find this from Ezra 7, verses 9 through 10, which says, The good hand of his God was upon him, for Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it. That's a pattern that we should emulate. I mean, it takes self-discipline and maturity, but we can do it. Ezra prepared his heart, which means he cleaned out any sin or preoccupied thinking, I guess. And he prayed. And then he studied God's word. And then he applied God's word to what he was doing. He studied and practiced God's laws in his own life. And then he applied it throughout his day. This is a common sense recipe for successful Christians. So here's that recipe and the order that it is to take place. Prepare your heart 
seek God's word, and then do God's word. And what was the result? Well, at the time, the Persian king Artaxerxes, which was a pagan ruler of the world, was so impressed with Ezra's knowledge of the Bible in that day and with his character and his presentation throughout the day that him and another guy that did the exact same thing by the name of Nehemiah, they went to the king and were able to obtain funding and the necessary means, including the time off, to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the town, especially rebuilding the temple. Isn't that cool? Started with him preparing his heart, seeking God's word, and then doing it at his job. They were working for the king. So here's a little more in the next chapter, Ezra 8, verse 21. That we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him the right way for us and our little ones and our possessions. This is another really good one, and it starts with prepare your heart, seek God's word, and do God's word. The pattern here, or recipe here, is to humble ourselves before God, seek Him the right way for us, for our children, and for our possessions. To prepare our hearts so we seek God's Word simply will not happen if we are not humble. Humility before God means no pride in us at all, and only focusing on God and His purposes, not our purposes. That puts us exactly in the proper posture for him to speak to us through his word so we can wisely discern what is the right way for us and for our children, as well as proper use of our possessions that he's blessed us with, all for his glory. So, brothers and sisters in Christ, I encourage you to get rid of the three C's that clutter, confuse, and condemn, and replace them with the three E's, which are to enlighten, encourage, and energize. And you do this by praying in the morning and then reading God's word. Clean out the clutter and prepare for the day. Why? Because that's what blue jeans Christians do. (laughs) So thanks for listening. And if you have found this to be helpful, shoot me an email, kevin at bluejeanschristian.com. Let me know. Would love to hear from you. Thanks again, folks. See you later. (laughs) 